With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, that was a really terrifying game, and honestly, I'd rather never experience that again in my life. Uh, I'll talk about it in just one second, though. All right, everyone. Oh, man, what a, what a, what a game. I don't know why I said what a, like, three times, but what a game. It's scary. Uh, Browns end up winning, though, so there's always a W there, but that was not the best of games. Um, just uh, game-wise, like, no one played the best. Uh, Joe Flacco, he played good, but he also had three interceptions, but I'll talk about that in a minute. By the way, we are proud partners of Fanatical Isles Network and Fans First Sports Network. Um, but I would like to first, let's just look at the score. Uh, score was 20-17, to 17, so... Um, not the highest of scoring games, also, uh, not anywhere near the score I thought it was. Uh, my predict pr- bleh, prediction was completely off, uh, but we still ended up winning, so that's nice. Um, but let's just, let's just first dive into the, um, probably the biggest topic of the game, uh, other than Joe Flacco, uh, the end of the game. So if we look at the end of the game, basically what happened is, is, um, we... It was like fourth down. Maybe it was third down. I think it was fourth down, though. And the Bears were too far out of field goal range. It was 20 to 17. And they hail married it. And Joe, it, not Joe Flacco, Justin Fields put it perfectly where everyone could get it. And what happened was, is all of the guys jumped up to try and grab it. And it bounced around and ended up landing basically right in the, um, the arms of a receiver for the Bears. I don't remember his name. Um, but he it bounced around in his arms 
and then he was falling backwards to try and catch it and almost did, but he kicked it on accident while he was falling because uh, his legs got kicked up. And so he kicked the ball and it bounced and hit the ground, actually got intercepted, um, and we won the game. But it was so terrifying watching that game because basically watching that moment because, I mean, it was almost a disaster. It was almost going to be the end of the world for Browns fans if we, uh, if he had caught that ball. He, they were literally one, one inch away from winning that football game. Um, it was unbelievably terrifying. Uh, not something I want to happen again, but the Browns did get the win. Um, doesn't matter. They ended up winning. Doesn't matter how they won. All that matters is they did win. Um, but there was a lot that happened in that game. Also, if you're wondering why I'm publishing this episode on Thursday and not Wednesday, uh, it's because I've been busy. Uh, my little brother had his birthday party yesterday. I had my, had a doctor's appointment, uh, and, so, and I got some shots, and so I was exhausted yesterday. I mean, I was so tired, um, so I was just, I just couldn't record a podcast. I was just too busy, and I was exhausted um, from my doc, from my shots. So that's why I didn't record yesterday. Um, but I'm, I'm still getting the episode to you guys. Uh, just a day late, but it's holiday season. There's a lot going on, so you guys understand, I hope. Uh, if you don't, too bad. Um, anyway, let's just dive into the Bears statistics, the Bears uh, stats. So first things first, let's just look at Justin Fields. Um, he was uh, 19 for 40, 166 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Now, if we want to be, if we want to be um, one of those people, we can get rid of the uh, second interception because it was the Hail Mary and so it still counts to his stats but it also was a interception that it didn't really matter it was a garbage time interception so it wouldn't it technically does count to his stats but if you want you can disregard it and say he only had one interception but for now just because that is the stat line we're just going to say he had two interceptions um so let's just uh Let's just look at um, the Bears' running game. The Bears didn't run very well, um, but we'll, we'll see how bad we ran. Uh, it was 30 yards, five, 36 yards, five carries for Roshan Johnson. Justin Fields, seven yards, or seven carries, I mean, 30 yards. And Velas Jones Jr. was two carries for 23 yards. And then Khalil Herbert um, was six carries for eight yards. And then Donta Foreman was six yards, or six carries, I mean. Oh man, I'm really bad. It's Khalil Herbert with six carries, eight yards, and Donta Foreman with six carries, negative six yards. I don't even know how you do that. Uh, and then looking at the receiving core for the Bears, uh, DJ Moore was the leading receiver, as we all probably expected. Four receptions, 52 yards. Uh, Tyler Scott came in second with three receptions, 49 yards. Roshan Johnson also contributed in the air. Four receptions, 24 yards. Cole Komet with five receptions, 23 yards, and a lone touchdown. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Darnell Mooney with 12, with two receptions, 14 yards. And then Khalil Herbert had one reception for four yards. But we really don't care about that. Uh, looking at the Bears' defense, Montez Sweat killed the, um, the uh, oh man, killed the Browns, 2.5 sacks. And then Demarcus Walker, 0.5. Uh, TJ Edwards and Jervon Dexter Sr. If you guys know Jervon Dexter Sr., uh, he's the guy out of Florida. I actually scouted him. Um, he was someone who I wanted to uh, draft. Uh, he ended up not coming to the Browns. He ended up clearly going to the Bears. Um, 
but he was in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was a Florida D tackle. I really wanted him because we he was a good run defender. He was a good. Uh, he was just a good player all around for what I wanted, and he ended up going to the Bears, which I, I guess we we ended up drafting and trading for a bunch of. Uh, defensive players but I still would have wanted Jervon Dexter because he was just good at run stopping which is something that we struggled with mightily last year uh, Jervon Dexter had 0.5 sacks uh, I don't think anyone else had a sacks nope and then interceptions Tremaine Edmonds had one interception uh, Tyreek Stevenson and Eddie Jackson also had one interception uh, and then looking at <clears throat> so that's the um the, the Bears 17 points total uh, looking at the Browns uh, Joe Flacco was fine. Uh, I think the yards and touchdowns balance out the interceptions. But 28 for 44, 374 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Not the best of games. DTR technically played. He had one completion for five yards, but we don't count that. Uh, looking at Jerome Ford, eight carries, 20 yards. Cream Hunt, seven carries, eight yards. Pierre Strong Jr., two carries, two yards. Joe Flacco, one carry, negative one yards. So, terrible terrible running game uh, and I'll tell you how bad it was uh, in just a second when we get to the team stats um, when we compare those and then looking at receiving receiving was incredible um, Amari Cooper four receptions 109 yards one touchdown David Njoku 10 receptions 104 yards one touchdown then looking at Marquise Goodwin who played which is good to see uh, one reception 57 yards uh, Cedric Tillman someone who I wasn't the biggest advocate of at the beginning of the season I didn't want him uh, as much because I didn't think we needed a receiver but with DPJ uh, gone and some injuries I think he definitely has lived up at, and I think he was a good draft pick even though I didn't think he was at the um, the beginning of the at when we drafted him I didn't think he was a good draft pick so I'll eat my words I do think he is a pretty good player he was four receptions for 52 yards Elijah Moore two receptions 17 yards Kareem Hunt one reception 12 yards um, man we spread the ball out a lot Jeez, Jerome Ford, four receptions, 11 yards. Pierre Strong Jr., two receptions, nine yards. And Jordan Aikens, one reception, eight yards. I didn't realize how big, how much of a ball spread we did, uh, we had. And then looking at the defense, uh, Jeremiah Owuzakoramora, one sack. Or J-O-K, I don't, I don't call him that. Uh, one sack, one interception. That was a good interception by him. Alex Wright with a sack. Uh, DeAnthony Bell with that interception at the end of the game. And Cameron Mitchell with a sack. Miles Garrett, nowhere to be found. Uh, he had two tackles and one assist, but whatever. Uh, and then Pierre Strong Jr., uh, that's, never mind, I don't know what I was going to start talking about. Uh, and Browns had 20 points. Um, looking at the team stats, uh, Browns, 377 total yards. The Bears only had 236. Uh, passing yards, uh, 148 for the Bears, 348 for the Browns. And then here's the giant disparage. Uh, 88 rushing yards for the Bears, which already is kind of mediocre. And then 29 rushing yards for the Browns. That is genuinely just insane that you can win a game. That, that, that 29 yards is achievable in today's game. I guess that makes sense. But 29 yards is just bonkers. And then 5.6 yards per play for the Browns, 3.4 for the Bears. Uh, looking at first downs. Bears had 12, we had 14. We were 4 for 16 in third down efficiency. They were 4 for 18. They were 0 for 2 in fourth down efficiency. We were 1 for 1. Uh, we had 4 sacks allowed. They only had 3. We had 9 penalties for 48 yards. And they actually, uh, the Bears played a 
pretty clean game with four interceptions or four penalties. I mean, for only 19 yards. And then they had one fumble. We had none, but they had two interceptions and we had three. Now, I would like to say something. Um, I know a lot of you, I know a lot of people who listen to this understand that I've been talking a lot about the whole you can't win a football game with three turnovers. And the Browns just won another football game with three turnovers. But I'm going to say it again. I do still believe you will not win a football game with three turnovers. The Browns have gotten lucky, and I, I understand that. I clearly have not been proven right yet that the Browns can't win um, with three turnovers, but the, the, the combined turnovers has been six to seven in the last two games. The uh, We've had six, they've had seven in the last two games. Um, and that's that that's the reason we haven't lost these two games because of these three turnovers so i still think that bells um <clears throat> excuse me man that ball security and everything else needs to be a very important uh topic joe flacco needs to figure out uh needs to look back on the film and figure out what he did wrong uh he came back at the end of the game and was really good but that beginning those three interceptions were not um the best of the best of anything also, the time of possession was perfectly even. 29 minutes for the Bears, 31 minutes for the Browns. Usually, it's like 29 minutes and 2 seconds or something. So, that's kind of interesting. Um, so, yeah, that's the that's the game itself. Uh, now, we're going to look quickly at the Browns, uh, just the news, um, and just look, look at news. Uh, just kind of see what's been going on. But I think it will end up being a an interesting game. Uh, also, by the way, um, I would like to say that Joe Flacco apparently got injured um, a little. Uh, it's not going to be a severe injury. Uh, Joe Flacco, this is according to Sports Illustrated, boo. Um, Joe Flacco popped up on Brown's injury report. This is the headline. Injury not considered serious. So it's uh, Joe Flacco has emerged uh, race on Wednesday. Uh, it was not a um it was not a whole it's not anything to worry about so don't worry about the injury um but before we say anything else uh let's quickly play some advertisements so sit tight relax as we play some ads why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Brown's Breakdowns. Today, we will... Or not today. Welcome back to Brown's Breakdowns. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed those ads. Proud partners, Fanatical Elves Network, fans for sport net, sports network. You know the drill. Um, so we were just talking about the Joe Flacco injury. Uh, it's a small injury. It's not anything to be w too worried about. Uh, he was limited uh, due to a calf injury. But I believe... Um, but Van Pelt, Van Pelt, our offensive coordinator, I didn't know... We had a new... I, I guess I never have had to say the offensive coordinator, uh, his name, but 
Alex Van Pelt attempted to ease worries surrounding Cleveland's starting quarterback, saying, quote, his calf, he tweaked it, but I don't see that being an issue. Man, he's made some great players moving out of the great plays moving out of the pocket, and he's also made some great plays buying time. So if you saw that injury, don't worry. It is not going to be a um, anything to really worry about. Um, definitely something that is probably not what we want to happen, considering how many injuries we've had. I really don't want DTR starting again. Uh, he's not. He's young. He's a good. He's an okay football player, but he's not uh, Joe Flacco. But hopefully that isn't going to cause any problems. But it's always scary to see any sort of injuries for the quarterback, especially after. Or just in general, I mean, like, it doesn't matter who's the quarterback. It's always scary to see injuries, especially as, their, as the starter. But for the Browns, especially having gone through four quarterbacks this season, Deshaun Watson, P.J. Walker, DTR, and Joe Flacco, seeing injury, seeing any injury, even if it's a minor injury, is still scary because of just, like, the PTSD we have from how many injuries we've had to deal with with this uh, quarterback room. So he's going to be okay, uh, more or less. He might be limited in practice but then again practice is not really uh anything insane um but i want to say quickly um I, I think uh looking at the playoff picture let's or actually before we get to the playoff picture let's look at power rankings because uh, i know there's a especially with the cowboys loss and all that stuff i do kind of want to look at the power rankings um so let's just look at power rankings so this is um nfl.com Eric at home, uh, week 16. Uh, San Francisco's number one, not shocking. Ravens are number two, not shocking. Cowboys are number three, uh, which is kind of strange because I, I feel like they should be a little lower than that. Um, but Cowboys are number three. Dolphins are four. Eagles are five. Chiefs, six. Lions, seven. Bills, eight. And then the Browns are number nine. So number nine is the Browns, according to NFL.com. Uh, let's look at ESPN real fast. Uh, let's make sure it's actually recent, only two days ago. Okay, that's good. Uh, this is NFL Nation. Uh, 49ers, one, not shocking. Ravens, two, not shocking. Cowboys, three, um, not anything crazy. Dolphins, four. Eagles, five. Lions, six. Chiefs, seven. Bills, eight. Browns, nine. Um, so Browns are just kind of nine to 10, uh, anywhere else. Uh, let me phrase Browns are nine to 10, basically anywhere. Um, you look, uh, they said Cleveland has forced more three and outs than any other defense, which is true in the NFL with 55, um, and tops the league with a whopping 34.4% three and out rate. No other defense is even above 28%, which is really awesome. By the way, uh, we've forced eight, three and outs. Uh, Bengals are number 10, by the way, which is a little scary. Um, I'm gonna, I might talk about them in a minute. Uh, it's fine. Let's do, let's do the, uh, let's do the athletic. Let's see what the athletic has. Yep. The, whoa. Ravens one, or not Ravens. 49ers one, not shocking. Ravens two, Bills three, Dolphins four, Cowboys five, Eagles six, Lions seven, Chiefs eight, and Browns are number nine. So, yeah, we're just number nine. Um, I mean, this is where everyone has us. Uh, now I'm curious, how many people actually have us at number nine? Uh, if I have to do my power rankings, so I'd probably say 49ers, one, Ravens, two. Uh, I'd probably put the Cowboys still at number three. I think they're just 
still good. I think they just had a bad game. Uh, I'm just going to do my top five. Dolphins four, and then I'd actually put the Bills at number five. And then for the Browns, I'd have the Browns probably at number nine. I might, I might, I maybe you could make an argument to put them up to eight, but I don't see a reason. So I do believe that number nine is actually a very reasonable place to put the Browns. Um, now looking quickly at the uh, division, so I believe first of all, um, this is great news. The Steelers are eliminated from playoff contention. So that is amazing. Uh, I'm not gonna complain. Uh, oh, maybe that's maybe that's a lie. Where did I see that? It says that, huh? I don't know. Um, I it's I saw somewhere that the Steelers are out of a playoff spot. I guess I'm going crazy. That's that's possible. Um, but just looking at the AFC North, um, there's a lot that can happen, and there's a lot that can't happen. So quickly first, let's just look. Ravens already secured, secured, the heck is that word? Uh, secured the wild card spot, guaranteed. Haven't won the division technically yet, though. Uh, they're 11 and three. They're going to win the division. Browns nine and five at second place. Bengals are eight and six, and Steelers are seven and seven. So th some scenarios right now. Um, if the Browns win, uh, looking at the playoff picture, I believe if the Browns win, they secure a wild card spot now the reason i am saying that is because we are playing the texans who are one of the teams who are trying their best to uh slip in to the playoffs they're the eight um and so i think right now uh yeah it says okay i'm technically wrong but if we look at the uh, nfl.com playoff picture it says that the browns if they win is a 99 percent chance to make the playoffs so it does appear that um the uh, Browns just need to win one more game and we will basically be in the playoffs. And then already there's three, um, three, four playoff spots already taken. Uh, one for the Ravens, one for the 49ers, one for the Cowboys, one for the Eagles. So looking at the AFC North, first of all, we have split the division. This is There's nothing we can do about that. The division has been split. We beat the Ravens once and lost them once. Beat the Steelers once, lost to them once. And then we already beat the Bengals once, meaning even if we lose, we uh, still have split. But the, the, how the Bengals have been playing, coming back and becoming 8-6, and six, I think this Bengals game holds a lot of weight right now, especially if we win, because that means outright we win the tiebreaker, um, which, is a, it, which depending on how the Browns continue to play, uh, and if they beat the Bengals, is going to be in a very, a very important uh, situation there. Because if the Bengals, let's say Browns drop one, Bengals win, and we go into the game, uh, the final game of the season against the Bengals tied, um, well then I guess if we win, blah blah blah, whatever. But the, but we split the division. I don't see the Steelers coming back and stealing any of our playoff spots. Um, they right now sitting at number ten. Um, so I do, and if they lose, it's a negative 1%, no, not negative. If the Steelers lose, it's a 1%, and if they win, it's 12%. So the chances of the Steelers sneaking away into the playoffs is low. The Bengals are still in the playoffs. They are the sixth seed ahead of the Colts. We want them to lose because that pushes them all the way down, um, to nine, almost and makes it a 20% chance for them to make the playoffs so there's a lot of weight with these uh final three games as this division starts to heat up 
uh, with the Bengals coming back. Steelers, I don't see them doing anything anymore. Um, but the Steelers, uh, Steelers, are, let's just let's just throw the Steelers out. No one really cares. Um, Bengals are some a point of concern, and I don't think they're very good anymore. Well, let me rephrase. I don't think they're as good as people make them out to be um, because of just the good because of the loss of Joe Burrow and stuff like that. But the Bengals are still a threat. And so I think this division is not secured. So the two seed, or, or my bad, um, the second place in the division is not a lock. Um, we can make it a lock by winning the next two games. Uh, if we win the next two games and the Bengals win the next two games, we're still a game ahead, game ahead of them. Uh, we end up winning. If Even if we lose to the Bengals, I believe we have a better... Um, in, in division uh, record than the Bengals, and so I, I do believe we win because uh, it's four wins. I think the Bengals have, uh, let's just check real quick, um, one loss to two losses. Uh, let's, see. let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Three losses, four losses. Um, so yeah, they have four losses. So even if the Bengals win the next two, um, I think the Browns will still win. Um, but the Bengals. We just need to win the next two games because if we win the next two games, I think one, if we win the next two games, we're 11 and six we, or 11 and five. I mean, we secure a playoff spot guaranteed. Um, but if we win the next three games, it pushes the Bengals out of the playoffs. It secures our five seed spot, meaning we have to play the Jaguars. We've already beat the Jaguars once before. So I think right now, um, now with the uh, Jaguars, uh, the four seed, the Colts right now are eight and six. So are the Jaguars. So the Jaguars could technically fall out and the Colts could come in. But if you look back to the Colts game, we won that game too. So whoever is the AFC South, which will play us if we, uh, cause we're the five seed, they're the four seed, whoever's in that division we've beaten before, uh, whether it be the Jaguars or the Colts, um, the Texans are also there. I, we haven't played the Texans yet, and but we will. So the Texans could also be in the division uh, lead, and then anything else, no, not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, uh, the playoff picture, the NFL is really starting to ramp up uh, with the playoffs looming uh, only three weeks away. It'll be very fun to see how the Browns continue to play their play. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the... AFC North shapes out, especially with the Bengals coming back. I know the people I uh, do podcasts with on Fa uh, Fanatical Owls Network, uh, they are not, they do not think the Bengals will pose a challenge. I think they will pose a small challenge. I don't think they will pose a massive challenge. I think they will most likely, um, I think they will be a difficult game, but then again, every team is a difficult game. But all the Browns have to do is win two games. Uh, the Browns schedule, not even that difficult if we look at it honestly. I mean, we got the Texans, who knows? And then the Jets, the Jets have fallen. The, with, when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, the Jets was basically a lock. Um, but the Jets are, we're going to win the Jets game, let's be honest. The Bengals game, I'm going to say the Browns win. But I don't know. I don't know how this Texans game is going to go. Um, but I'm out of time. Uh, let's go Browns. Um, I hope everyone has a great Christmas. I, I do believe I will be talking to Yep. All right, so everyone have a Merry Christmas. I will be back on the 23rd uh, of December, so Saturday, and then I'll make my normal episode on the 27th. So I love you all, and I will talk to you guys on the 23rd. Peace.